5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us. Or a Tuesday. It just feels like a Monday. Right, Pilk? It just uh, well, feels like Well, not to me, because I had to be here yesterday, too. So, how have you enjoyed your uh, weekend, though? You had to be here. I, I, I got to be here yesterday, I should say. Yeah. Hey, it was a great day. We had Scooter in with us all the whole show. Scooter was a wonderful guest. Is that right? Stayed for an hour. Mm. Well, good for Scoot. That was... Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of fun with you guys chopping it up yesterday. All right. Uh, we've got uh, comments from Coach Godwin from yesterday, in case you missed it. We've also got uh, comments from the uh, ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert. That'll be coming up in just a little bit. And uh, we'll not only look at East Carolina from a national perspective, but also the Greenville Regional. And we've also got... Uh, our uh, look at uh, the overall field with Aaron Fit from D1Baseball.com. Hilk, by the way, I sent you a message, so check your uh, your messenger there, if you will. But uh, we're up and running here on this uh, early uh, t- on this uh, after five o'clock Tuesday, Patrick Johnson show. All right, very good. Thank you, Pilk. All right, uh, so Pirates make their thirty-second postseason appearance, six in the last seven years. Highest national seed since the uh, club garnered a number seven national seed back in 2001. You might remember that year they had to go to Baton Rouge and take on LSU, though. So that was a different time, different era in many ways. Uh, But the Greenville Regional and an opportunity for the Pirates, if they win, to host a uh, Super Regional against the winner of the Knoxville region. Uh, Interesting uh, interesting field, undoubtedly. Uh, Pirates... uh, in the regional now for 18 of the last 23 seasons. Of course, there was none due to the uh, COVID year 2020. Uh, and uh, six times now in the uh, eight-year tenure of Coach Godwin uh, for uh, the Pirates. 48-18 uh, and 18, uh, way back uh, win uh, as uh, they will host their uh, fifth regional at uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium. Coppin State will be the uh, opponent, and that is a Friday 1 p.m first pitch so that'll be 12:45 airtime on 94.3 the game uh unless we do an expanded kind of pregame but uh don't know how that'll play out uh, i know ben will be uh here as will philip i've got uh some championship coverage again this year for uh, uh tv and video so i will be uh, out of town for that on uh friday and saturday uh, but uh, we'll certainly have you covered here on uh, radio, otherwise, and social media. Great job, uh, as Philip mentioned yesterday, uh, with their coverage not only uh, on social but also uh, over the air as well. Virginia gets in as a, a number two. Uh, I don't want to say a collapse at the ACC tournament, but certainly that performance uh, probably kept them from being a, uh, a, a double-digit seed host. That was some of the thinking uh, as of a couple of weeks ago. 
So Virginia's very good, uh, 38-17 coming in. And uh, Coach Mack, uh, Kevin McCullen, is the uh, pitching or associate head coach there and certainly knows East Carolina very, very well. Uh, Coastal Carolina at 36-18-1. That is the three seed. Pirates have played them in the uh, regional back in 08 down in Conway. Uh, that was the infamous uh, June 1st championship game that was 24-11. Uh, Coastal thumped ECU that day. Uh, again, way back when. But uh, 6 p.m., will be the uh, first pitch for that game on uh, Friday. And then uh, Pirates, if they win, will be in action Saturday at 7, hopefully win through and uh, have a chance to compete for the uh, regional championship Sunday. Uh, last time I've seen 6 and I've seen 7, but 7 o'clock seems to be the time uh, there. Pirates are 3-0 uh, and all time against the uh, Eagles. Have not played one another since the mid-90s. Uh, ECU against the Shants all time are five and seven. Pirates are twenty three and thirty against uh, UVA and uh, have some uh, familiar ties with them, playing them in uh, the fall, but also playing them uh, in the postseason here in uh, recent uh, years. Uh, just checked in a little bit ago. Of course, uh, five o'clock was the ticket deadline, and uh, we've got uh, Ryan Robinson, who uh, we were texting with a little bit ago. Uh, Ryan uh, sent me a note that they are trending towards a sellout. They're going to put a limited number of all session tickets on sale tomorrow at 9, uh, and they will meet to kind of see where all of that stands. So uh, that is kind of a general session all or general public all session ticket tomorrow that goes on sale. Uh, tickets 90, 72, and 60, depending on the seat location. Uh, if there are any uh, single-game tickets, they would go on sale Friday at 11 a.m. if they're available. But, again, they're trending towards a sellout right now. Uh, the best way, of course, call the ticket office or ecupirates.com. Uh, I know there were some uh, some instances today where people might have been having a tough time getting through. This is a hot ticket. But uh, if you were uh, not able to make it by the 5 o'clock deadline, uh, they're going to put all session tickets on sale tomorrow to the general public at 9 o'clock. So uh, keep in mind uh, that is going on there. All right. Uh, so that is some of the uh, excitement surrounding uh, the happenings on uh, uh, this uh, uh, Tuesday before the NCAA regionals. Uh, let's hear from Coach Godwin. I, you know, I certainly, and, and we've got some comments from earlier this morning from uh, John Gilbert. I think there was uh, a little bit of... Uh, Maybe not shock, but I, I think certainly uh, there was not a ton of uh, those expecting uh, there to be maybe a top eight seed. It's great that they are, but, uh, you know, I think everybody was, was excited about the fact that ECU had gotten to the hosting discussion with this uh, second longest in school history winning streak in the conference uh, championship won over the weekend. Uh, but uh, Coach Godwin, in case you missed it, uh, talking about a, a top eight seed, so a chance to host in the super regional, but they'll have the regional to host first. Uh, right now, though, let's. Uh, you got our pirate report open. Let's go ahead and hit that uh, off the gate here, uh, PH. Let's uh, let's do that. Philip uh, Pilkington with our pirate report open before we hear from Coach Godwin. And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, ninety four three, the game. All right, uh, top eight seed and hosting Coach Godwin on that go. Super exciting to be able to play in front of a home crowd. I mean, you guys have seen this regional atmosphere. At least most of you guys have been here for a few years. Uh, 
um, to be able to host four regionals in a row and play in front of our home crowd. Um, I mean, look, we wouldn't have won the regional last year if it went for a home crowd. So we need everybody to hey, start buying those tickets up and pack Clark McClare in the jungle and be as loud as you can. Uh, more from Cliff Godwin uh, yesterday on uh, Ryder Giles. Uh, did not see any action in the conference tournament last week in Clearwater. Um, no, look, and I said this in front of our team, and I want everybody to understand this. We would not be where we are today if Ryder Giles hadn't made the decision to pitch in the rotation when we need somebody to go out there and just manage the situation a little bit. And um, no, he's fine. Um, it wasn't anything. It's just the situation that presented itself uh, for him to get an opportunity. But uh, he's a bigger piece to this team as anybody on our team. Cliff Godwin on uh, no word on a game one starter. I think it's going to be later in the week. I think he said Thursday. You'll hear this in the cut reflected of when that would be announced. Uh, but uh, also complimentary and uh, really excited about how Josh Groves has emerged. Does it matter? Does it matter? You guys don't have to go, oh, my God, you're not starting your Friday night starter in game one. Yeah, I mean, we have a multitude of guys that we can go out there and have a lot of confidence in and um, you know, Josh Gross has, has been really good for the past, uh, you know, month and uh, just been really happy of how he stayed the course when, you know, he got punched in the mouth pretty hard there in the middle of the season. So a lot of our guys have stepped up, but um, I probably won't give you guys a starter until probably maybe Thursday. So uh, stop asking that question. And uh, Coach Godwin with his thoughts on uh, the competition within the Greenville Regional. That's the, the question that I hate by the media the most because everybody asks it. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there, and I told our guys, it doesn't matter. It's playoff baseball. Like, look, he, every team that's in our regional can beat us. I mean, last year we were getting beat by Norfolk State. So whenever Franny hit the three-run jack. So um, you got to go out there and play your best brand of baseball. Um, and there's a very quality opponents in our um, regional um, for sure. I mean, to have won national championships. Yeah, uh, speaking of Coastal there, uh, and and that was a few seasons ago, but uh, they have that uh, obvious World Series championship, NCAA championship pedigree in their program's DNA. Uh, Virginia continues to be uh, year in and year out uh, really, really good. Uh, their pitching is solid yet again, but uh, Virginia has been pretty productive offensively. A little more from this later on with Aaron Fitt uh, with uh, D1 Baseball, but before that, uh, and I was talking with Scooter a little bit today about uh, this uh, uh, team from Coppin State. And, uh, you know, not terribly high in the RPI. They come in under 500. But, you know, everybody's number one is good, bud. That's what uh, I like to tell people. And uh, the other part of that is, uh, you know, they hit the ball fairly well as Coppin State, so as a team. So uh, they'll, they'll come in. They've got nothing to lose, and they're going to be uh, hacking away, I'm sure, against whoever that uh, starter might be. Uh, for the Pirates. So uh, this is a representative regional, undoubtedly. Uh, final word from Coach Godwin here before we get to some of the John Gilbert uh, cuts. Uh, and this is Coach Godwin on uh, what it was, uh, you know, how similar this is to back in 01 when the Pirates got that uh, highest ever number seven national seed. Well, I don't even know if they had a selection show on TV back then. So I think somebody probably told us. So it was a little bit different. Um, you know, and in 01, we had a similar group that uh, nobody uh, highly recruited most of us, especially not myself. And uh, we had some older guys that had been in the program, and then we had some 
guys that were super talented like Lee Delfino and Chad Tracy. And, um, you know, it was just status quo. I mean, Coach LeClaire, same thing. Hey, enjoy it today, and then we get back to practice tomorrow. And, um, you know, unfortunately back then we couldn't host at Harrington Field, so we had to go on the road to Wilson. At least it was in front of our home crowd. But there's nothing like hosting a regional at Clark LeClaire Stadium. And I go back to uh, Ryder when Turner Brown told him in 19, uh, when they ran on the field, he said, hey, like, look around, take this in. Like, this doesn't happen everywhere. And I get chill bumps about that. That's really the coolest thing is the roar of the crowd when you were on the field in game one. Yeah, and uh, this happened for a fourth year in Greenville. Seemed uh, somewhat improbable uh, two weeks ago. Unlikely uh, a, a week ago, but uh, became more of a likelihood as the week went through last week. Uh, but only uh, two programs have hosted four straight regionals, the others on the West Coast. That's Stanford. So uh, certainly rarefied air for the Pirates. Uh, we've got some John Gilbert audio from earlier uh, today. I tell you what, uh, Pilk, I want to grab a break here so we don't get behind on breaks because we've got uh, – and I want to spend a lot of time with uh, Aaron uh, from uh, D1 Baseball kind of looking at the field later on in the show. So I want to give us plenty of time for that. So let's grab a break. We'll come back and we'll hear from uh, – John Gilbert on uh, the tickets. We'll also hear from him on what this means for uh, the ECU athletic program and uh, get into some other things. Uh, I don't think we've got this on the roster today, but he talked a little bit about uh, did uh, Coach Gilbert or Coach Gilbert, John Gilbert uh, talked a little bit about uh, the capital campaign. So we might get to some more of that tomorrow, uh, but we'll see. All right, uh, let's grab a break. We'll come back more of the Patrick Johnson show right after this more of the patrick johnson show is coming up on your flagship home of pirate football game we're in the most active season of the year right now but if you have joint pain you can't do things you like to do maybe that joint pain's keeping you from playing around the golf you know, we got tennis, we got pickleball, maybe just getting out, going for a jog in your neighborhood. QC Kinetics is helping people right here get the fun back with advanced regenerative treatments from local medical professionals. Regenerative medicine is the hottest thing going. It's basically taking growth factors with healing properties from your own body, highly concentrated, then putting them back into your aching joints. They have over 100 clinics nationwide, including right here. So, yes, you can get real relief from pain with no surgery, no drugs, no downtime. Stop putting it off. Call QC Kinetics now to learn more about regenerative medicine and get a totally free in-office consultation. Call QC Kinetics now. 252-765-PAIN. 252-765-PAIN. 765-PAIN. Time now for an update from Town Insurance. I've got my friend Jim Clement in the studio with me. Jim, great to see you. What's new at Town Insurance? What's new, Henry, is our growth in this state. We have now exceeded $60 million in revenue with 300 employees over both states, Virginia and North Carolina. But North Carolina, our footprint goes from Corolla down to Wilmington, to Kinston, Greenville, Raleigh, and our newest operation in Charlotte. So, Jim, what does that mean for all of your clients and uh, friends in eastern North Carolina? Because of town's massive resources, meaning access to more companies, 
and markets, we are able to serve all of our clients right here in eastern North Carolina with their personal lines, their commercial lines, their life and health needs, or their small business needs. We continue to hear more and more about town insurance, and uh, it's great to have you in here giving us an update today. How about people who aren't doing business with you right now in eastern North Carolina? What would you say to them? Come to town today. What's the telephone number? 756 8300. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the gram. Check out pics from the PJ Show and more. Plus, pics from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. There we go, a little run DMC. Daryl Matthew McDaniel celebrating his 58th birthday today. Better known as DMC. Shout out. There we go. Good stuff there, Pilk. Good pull by you today, Philip Pilk. How was your time in uh, Charlotte at the race? You were there part of the week. I, you said you had to come in yesterday. and uh, But you got to, to sort of gallivant all weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You saw Speed Racer, did you not? Yeah, that was really cool. I thought that whole the Mark Five deal that the guy did. Um, obviously, you don't know how close it is considering Speed Racer was a uh, a cartoon, but I thought that was really cool. I I thought it looked good. I thought it looked good. I picked. I, I always a little fun thing on uh, the Sunday of uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I like to give the uh, the race picks for F one and the five hundred and then the six hundred. How did you do? I got De- I got Denny Hamlin right. There you go. Got Denny Hamlin right. That was uh, that was the that was my claim to fame. And and I watched the end of that. Denny Hamlin basically just hung around and 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 didn't get any of it on him. That's kind of what happened there, right? Yeah, that's kind of how it seems. I mean, obviously that uh, you know, cautions breed cautions. And when Briscoe spun out, there were two to go. It caused them to have that big restart, and then everybody got taken out. And he drove right through it. He was the one guy in that four wide coming off of four that did not get taken out. And uh, it worked out for him because it was kind of him and Rowdy there at the end. Yeah. Charles uh, Leclerc, is that how that is pronounced? Leclerc? Leclerc. Uh, I heard him. Yeah, Leclerc on the uh, – I should know that, right? Uh, Monte Carlo. Uh, I went with him. He did not win. And then I went with Scott Dixon, who was kind of in it throughout the whole race for the Indy, but uh, the 500, but obviously didn't win. Jimmy John- well, I felt bad for Jimmy Johnson at the end there. I know he was running. I mean, pretty well for to be you know his first, and then uh, was he running like mid teens, and then he spins out there with what twelve yeah, to go or something. Out. Yeah, not many laps to go. It was too bad. It really was too bad. 
All right, uh, Pirates uh, and the regional starting. We'll have uh, baseball for you 1 o'clock on uh, Friday. Uh, we uh, understand that uh, it is trending towards a sellout is what we have been told. Uh, a limited number of all session tickets will go on sale tomorrow. That's per Ryan Robinson with ECU Athletics at 9. Uh, John Gilbert uh, appeared earlier on Talk of the Town with uh, the big hen himself, Henry Hinton, and, uh, well, I was going to say yours truly. I'm on the show, but uh, the big hen was mainly conducting this uh, interview. A lot of interesting things. They had a lot of good say about the capital campaign. We'll try to get some of that uh, tomorrow, because I thought that was uh, some interesting comments as well. Uh, But this is John Gilbert on uh, how tickets work for the regional, and uh, we passed the 5 o'clock deadline, so some of this is, is germane, but it also is a good education on just how kind of things work when it comes to tickets for these regionals. Let me give you the order of priority for baseball is baseball season ticket holders, pirate club members, and then the general public is yeah. the order. We've got reserve chair backs are $90, reserve bench backs 72 and then jungle is 60 Parking, <clears throat> all sessions, 25 individual daily parking that's, that's 10 20, 25 for the whole weekend that's right right yeah ten dollars for the individual day and then rv parking uh is a hundred all right so that's some good news there on the parking get 25 for the uh, whole entire thing if you're going to park your uh rv as cousin eddie said that there's an rv you will have uh you'll have uh a uh, hundred dollars uh, but if you your, do uh, bring an rv you cannot keep it till next month let's just make that no, clear because right. like cousin eddie you can't wait till the next month to take it home <laughs> right. with you right we're we're going home sometime in uh, january or around uh valentine's day or something all right uh that was general public tickets again this was john gilbert earlier this morning on our sister stations uh talk 1037 in the new talk 96.3 there is a chance we could sell out uh but the other thing that we do is if uh, and I'm just using Coppin State as the example. If Coppin State doesn't take all of their tickets and they give some back, we'll immediately make them available okay. to the public and, and sell those as well. All right. And then uh, this is John Gilbert on uh, when he asked if he knew or when he knew ECU was hosting. I started looking at it pretty hard. I'd say, you, you know, first part of May. You know, as we started working on regional bids and looking at it, and then, you, you know, you always or I always talk to a committee member or two that I know uh, and li- listen to them, you, you know, hey, where are we? What do you think? Uh, especially uh, guys that have sat in that committee room before. And then I knew a couple people on the baseball committee that, you know, I reached out to about, uh, our bid and, and kind of where the pirate pirates were. So, you know, you, you never know until you know, but I felt pretty good uh, about where we were, but, I, but I didn't know we'd be a, a national seed. Yeah. I mean, no one knew that until yesterday when ESPN announced it. Yeah, yes. That, that was a surprise. So there you go. Uh, until it was announced, no, uh, no uh, thought that they were going to be uh, in the top eight and a pleasant surprise. Indeed it uh, was. Uh, this is uh, John Gilbert talking about uh, the last. Well, so a big controversy here has been on this committee. I guess it's a ten-man or ten-person committee. Is that right, Pilk? Is is that the the number? Because what I what I've been hearing is that 
there were seven group of five representatives. The ACC had no representation, but you had the SEC, uh, Pac-12, and Big 12 represented. I believe that's right. I don't, I don't know. It was the Big 10 or Big 12 that was represented. Uh, point is, the ACC and one of the other so-called P5s were not. And so um, that means that, uh, you know, there's been much about I mean, imagine this. You don't have all P5 people making decisions, and there's actually a little bit of uh, – you don't have all these these uh, conferences like the ACC stacking teams in or the Big Ten tacking, stacking teams in. Imagine that, a little bit of uh, parity among the selection process. Uh, so this is uh, John Gilbert on, um, you know, the, the committee kind of being uh, more of a, a makeup of, uh, of non – if you will, P5 members, and uh, if that may have helped things. John Gilbert. One of the big things I make of it is the makeup of the committee. If, if you look at... I was going to ask you about that. Uh, if you look at the makeup of the committee this year, you know, there, there are two, three people that are at big schools. Well, I think seven of the ten members of the committee were non-P5. That's right. That, How did that happen? Well, it, 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 uh, committees are a lot of work yeah. and, and, uh, they take a lot of time yeah. and you have some people that are just not committee people. Uh, and, and so th- there was a larger representation of, of non power five conferences in the room. And, and I think you see how that manifested in the selection. All right, uh, Pilk, did that just cut off in the middle of it? Is that what that was? Uh, that's how it was cut. Sorry oh, about that. okay. All right. Well, um, John Gilbert goes on uh, to uh, talk a little bit about people being upset with the lack of conference representation among the, uh, again, so-called P5. We have a, uh email, that listserv that goes out every day in, in athletics, um, from from a national organization called D1 Ticker, and there was a lot of discussion on the ticker this morning I'll about bet. the makeup of the committee <laughs> and how a yeah. lot of these big conferences right. didn't have representation. Yeah, uh, well, again, we'll get into a little more of this uh, coming up. Uh, Aaron Fit in uh, probably uh, less than ten minutes now from D1Baseball.com. Uh, Thirty-five or so is what we're uh, gunning for here. Uh, but if we get to him a little earlier, I think he's ready to go. So uh, we'll get through these next couple of uh, cuts here. Again, this is a uh, part of the appearance from John Gilbert this morning on the Talk of the Town program. Uh, they talked about non-conference strength of schedule. That's something that uh, many say that allowed Dallas Baptist to uh, get in. That might have done the Wolfpack uh, in a little bit and some others that uh, were left outside looking in. John Gilbert on the uh, strength of the non-conference slate for the Pirates. One of the things that I think was really important that uh, Cliff probably doesn't get the credit for, people don't really realize it, is our non-conference strength of schedule was really hard. And you you can't control who you play in your league. Like, your league is what your league is. But you do control your non-conference schedule. Mm -hmm. And for for him to schedule how he scheduled you know we had i I think it was either like a five or eight non-conference strength of schedule and the committee really looks at that 
All right, and uh, this is uh, Gilbert uh, also saying the Pirates uh, you know, not only have earned that with uh, how they finished in, in the season with 18 straight wins as a national seed, but also uh, the strength and perception of this program nationally. I think a lot of it speaks to uh, the perception of our program mm-hmm. in, in that if, if you look at what we've done here, which – you know, I've said for a while is rarefied air as it relates to, to uh, baseball is we've hosted four regionals in mm-hmm. a row. All right, uh, John Gilbert uh, there. Appreciate his time earlier this morning on the uh, Talk of the Town program. All right, uh, do we have the Gary Gilbert cut? Yeah, uh, This do. is from, uh, this is kind of one of those, I guess this is from their selection uh, party that they had down in Conway and uh, one of those gaggles with uh, the uh, media as a whole and uh, this uh, in the Myrtle Beach market. So this is uh, Coach Gary Gilmore uh, talking about, uh, obviously they're going to play Virginia in the first game in the regional, but just coming up to Greenville from Conway to play. Hit it. If we go in this place and somehow find a way to win, you'll see you'll see a gear you haven't seen out of this group of guys. It's a confidence thing, you know. When they, you know, and that's what made our season start going. We started winning some weekend series and winning three games and winning a midweek game, and all of a sudden we started believing that we could really be good. And you know, they they still I keep preaching to them. There, there's a gear we have yet to get to. We have not hit overdrive with this group, and I'm hoping somehow somehow this coming weekend we can find overdrive. All right, so uh, just some of the thoughts there uh, from uh, those participating in the regional. This is always kind of fun because you do have uh, not only the Pirate opponent in the first game, Coppin State, which will be its own unique and interesting and fun story. But, I mean, like, they ha- they have radio for them in Baltimore, but it, like, runs through a station three hours away. It's, it's really a, a crazy deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just part of the, the fabric and the interesting things about uh, this event when you have these different teams come to Greenville uh, and participate or, or anywhere and participate. Uh, it's like anything, those sort of underdog, in this case, the four seed in a lot of the regionals are, are, are kind of the cool and fun stories. Uh, and uh, Coastal's obviously a great story, and UVA has its own unique story. So we'll get into some of that uh, as we go throughout the rest of the week here. Uh I want to give a quick shout out before we go to Philip. Uh, Summer Night is qualified again for the uh, NCAA's uh, their championships in track and field. Uh, we're going to have Summer in the uh, studio with us on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that. I really wanted to to talk to her for a long time, and you know, I, I'm the thing is this, and, I, and we got to get a little better about this. Uh, you know, I try. We get stonewalled sometimes, but. Uh, and it is changing a little more with a little more athlete empowerment in the NIL. But you know, I, I think the cool thing's talking to these athletes, especially in these non-rev sports, because they're again, it's a great story. So I'm looking forward to having Summer on with us in the studio, kind of telling her story. Uh, she's a really uh, accomplished uh, student athlete, but uh, also a fabulous student. She's already got, I think, work lined up in the nursing field. And uh, it's just like the ultimate great representation of what ECU athletics and really college athletics in some ways is. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And, I, and I've said this, uh, you know, on, on this show, I've said it in the mornings, uh, you know, and Coach Godwin and his staff have done a fine job. This is not to detract anything from them. But you got to take your head off to these players uh, with the Pirates. They, they, in a lot of cases, guys that are unheralded probably don't get enough of uh, the deserved attention. I mean, look at, 
Jenkins Cowart, uh, you know, not anywhere on the on the all conference in any way whatsoever, and then he winds up as the MVP, rightfully so, of the uh, of the tournament down in Clearwater. So, I mean, that to me is the cool stuff, uh, and I and I just hope we get a lot more of that kind of uh, story out there, uh, not only this week but in the future as well, because I think that's that's the more interesting stuff other than just coach speak. Nothing wrong with talking to the coaches; we're happy to do it, but uh, it's good to kind of get that full picture in a lot of instances. All right. Uh, Let's uh, and we're going to get the chance to do that with uh, Summer on uh, Thursday. I'm excited about that. All right, uh, we got uh, the uh, thoughts of Aaron Fit of D1 Baseball coming up. We've connected with him. He's standing by. So Philip, with an update uh, on uh, what's going on in the world of sports. Speaking of student athletes, a uh, Farmville Central all-time great has decided to head back to college and forego the NBA draft. This is a a wild story in itself. Uh, so here is. Uh, Philip the ref pilking them with a 94-3 the game sports flash update. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. We will start with some local high school news. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association State Championship softball rounds. Dates have been set and times have been announced for the 4A for the for the 4A best of three series at Duke. DH Conley goes against East Forsyth Friday at 7 p.m. Game two will be Saturday at noon. And if necessary, game three will be Saturday at 3 p.m. To the 2A side of things that is also a best of three series going on in Chapel Hill Washington will be against West Stanley the first game will be Friday night at 7 also once again game 2 Saturday at noon and game 3 if necessary 3 p.m. on Saturday to the 1A side the best of three series at UNC Greensboro Beargrass Charter is against South Stanley their first game is Friday at 5 o'clock game 2 would be Saturday at 11 a.m. and game 3 5 p.m. if necessary on Saturday to the NFL, the Bucks have signed defensive tackle Akeem Hicks to a one-year deal, and a judge has dismissed the charges against wide receiver from the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy. In college football, UCF has landed a deal with FBC Mortgage to put their name on UCF's football stadium. To the MLB, there are some key AL Central players that will be out in the near future as the Chai Sox have put Tim Anderson on the I.L. for a growing injury, and twin shortstop Carlos Correa has gone on the COVID list. To college hoops, to Quavion Smith will return to NC State next season. And Philadelphia 76ers Joel Embiid will undergo thumb surgery and will miss all of the summer. To the French Open, American Coco Golf beat fellow American Salon Stevens in straight sets to advance to her first major semifinal. She will take on Layla Fernandez of Canada. This will be golf's first ever major semifinal, and she is the only American left on the men's or women's side. That'll do it for your 94 through the game sports update after this Aaron Fit joins the P-Man. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball 94-3 the game. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is happy to support the community. At Texas Roadhouse, they not only want to be your favorite restaurant, they also want you to know they love this community and love supporting it. From providing food for charity golf tournaments to their school support programs, Texas Roadhouse is there when the Greenville community needs them. Also, it doesn't hurt that their food is awesome. Steaks, ribs, chicken, you name it, it's legendary. Texas Roadhouse, Southwest Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. 
Country Mart stores of Pitt County are locally owned and part of your community. At Country Mart, they offer that great Shell gasoline with Shell rewards that save you money at the pump. And these days, that's really important. And don't forget Smitty's Restaurant at the Highway 11 store with great lunch specials daily and Pat's desserts that will be the best you've ever had. The Stokes location also offers hot food. Country Mart with two locations, Highway 11 between Greenville and Bethel and Highway 903 in Stokes. Donors choose. Support a classroom. Build a future. Did you know that every year, public school teachers spend nearly $500 of their own money for student supplies? Let's do the math. That comes out to over $1.2 billion a year. And that's just not right. At Donors Choose, we want students and teachers to have the tools they need for a great education. And now, more than ever, they need your help. Here's what you can do. Go to DonorsChoose.org and choose from teachers' requests that support reading, math, science, history, and more. Once a request is funded, we'll take care of shipping everything directly to the teacher. It's that easy. You'll receive thank you letters and photos from students and teachers and a report of how every dollar was spent. Teachers' needs have never been greater. Learn more at DonorsChoose.org. Donors Choose. Support a classroom. Build a future. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Sarah. The usual. This is the last time I'm coming here for coffee. I'm on a budget now. One sec. Cold brew for Blake? It's Jake from State Farm. Sarah, don't give up what you love. State Farm has policy options to get you a surprisingly great rate. Good. I need my iced oat milk latte with caramel and cinnamon on top. Girl, me too. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. In a world where a single touch can threaten the surfaces of your home, there's Microband 24. Just one spray bites bacteria all day. Bacteria incoming. Shields up, defenders. When used as directed, Microband 24 sanitizing spray forms a defensive shield that keeps killing 99.9% of bacteria for up to 24 hours. Touch after touch. Threat eliminated. Microband 24. Don't just sanitize it. Microband it. Now spraying in a store near you. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 943 The Game on Twitter. What an exciting day yesterday and an exciting time around Greenville today as we get ready for the uh, Greenville Regional and the NCAA Tournament and the Road to Omaha beginning on Friday, a fourth straight year for the Pirates, as we've told you all day, uh, hosting uh, a regional in Greenville. Uh, we've got uh, an old friend, Aaron Fitt, D1Baseball.com. He and Kendall and all the gang do a fabulous job. They've been uh, in uh, certain uh, aggressive form when it comes to projecting the Pirates and as we bring Aaron in right now, I, w- I want to start there. You guys were bullish on ECU uh, in this last uh, week's worth, if you will, of, of projections, Aaron. So as we say hi to you here, uh, what about ECU did you feel like was a, outside of, uh, I guess, this tremendous winning streak in the, in the regular season and title, what, what made you so bullish on the Pirates as far as your projections? Because they were pretty darn close. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really, the fact that they just came on like a, like a, I don't know. Uh, a bat out of hell is that the expression? <laughs> they, they really uh, they they caught fire. 
I mean, it was, it was wild, you know, 18, 18 wins in a row. Uh, it's just really loud. You know, they, they get, they get to where they need to do. They hit all the benchmarks, you know, 42 and 18 overall is a good record. Uh, it dominated their league, in the regular season. They got inside the top 10 in the RPI all the way up to eight. Um, and you know, the only thing that was holding them back, we thought potentially for a top eight spot was that two and seven mark against the top 50. But, um, we thought there was a chance that the winning streak and, and all the other things they had going for them would, would overcome that. You know, I think the committee really values the, the combination of regular season and conference tournament championships. So I think to pair those two things, uh, kind of got them over the hump into that top eight. And it seems Aaron, uh, the committee also has put a real premium on how teams have played in the last month, let's just say. Is that a pretty accurate observation? Yeah, for sure. Momentum matters. It has always been one of the things they look at. I think in the official um, handbook, they, they I think it's like the record in the last 15 games is, is one of the official criteria um, on their list. And so, uh, yeah, to, to go 15-0 and 0 in those last 15 games, <laughs> you know, that, that helps you. Uh, we got the uh, co-editor, national writer, D1 Baseball, uh, it is uh, Aaron Fit D1Baseball.com, at Aaron Fit A-A-R-O-N-F-I-T-T on Twitter. It's uh, great to have him uh, with us here. Uh, have you guys decided yet where you're going to be and, and where Kendall's going to be, just out of curiosity? An odd question here, but it just leaped to mind yeah. that this is a, kind of a, a busy day for you guys, I'm sure, sorting everything out. Yeah, it is, certainly. Um, still trying to figure all that out, but I, I think I'm going to head to Greenville. Um, oh, wow. Actually, okay. I haven't seen the Pirates in a while. I saw them early this year, and, and really since the since they caught fire, I haven't seen them. They're a different team, so I'd love to come down and get a look at them. Um, Coastal Carolina, also a team that I haven't – I just missed this this spring. I usually always see those guys, so uh, excited for that draw. You know, I've seen a lot of Virginia. I don't really need to see them again, but <laughs> watch, watch out for UVA. They're, you know, they're good. It's, uh, it's a very interesting draw with those two teams coming in. Well, yeah. Let's delve into this Greenville Regional, and we'll get into some other stuff as well. Aaron Fit, D1 Baseball. Obviously, the Pirates, a top eight national seed, the first time in many, many years uh, that has happened, and the potential to finally host a Super Regional uh, at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Coppin State out of the gate. Of course, we saw what Norfolk State did with their number one last year, kind of befuddled uh, ECU through the uh, first uh, time, uh, maybe first couple times through the lineup of the Pirates a year ago, able to get it going there. Uh would would expect no real big issue with Coppin State. They have one of the lowest uh, nets or RPIs of anybody in this event. But you got Virginia with some good arms and Coastal with uh, a good arm or two, but also a lot of pop in their bats. You're right. Yeah, and, and uh, it's it's a definitely an offensive club, you know. And, and Virginia's an offensive club, um, and so yeah, we know the ball can can fly sometimes out there, you know, at Clark Leclerc. So the two teams that it feels like are built pretty well for that stadium, even though Virginia uh, typically you would you don't think of them that way because they they play in a larger yard um, that historically don't hit a lot of home runs. This year they have. I mean, everyone's hitting a lot of home runs this year. It's it's a crazy. Crazy time in college baseball, you know, I don't know. And you can speculate not to go off on too much of a tangent, but you can speculate <laughs> about whether the balls are juiced or just the bats are juiced or, uh, or it's just a small strike zone because of the track man that keeps these umpires accountable or whatever it is. There's a lot of theories. There's just a lot of older players in college baseball because of COVID and the reduced draft. It's all added up to a ton of home runs. And so I suspect we're going to see a lot of those this weekend. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, East Carolina, the way they're playing and, and certainly they've got firepower, you know, I mean, they can, they can mash with anybody um, when those bats get going. So it uh, should be, should be fascinating, but I expect an offensive regional. You know, this is an ECU team that is not uh, maybe vintage of the last few years, which seems to have a dominant armor two at the top. 
uh, that are just stars that are going to be high draft picks, uh, guys up and down the lineup that have had big power numbers. This has been a collective, and it seems to me that this is a team um, that if you're an opponent, you really don't like facing because you can't hone in on one or two guys. This is a dangerous lineup throughout. It's a it's a true staff by committee. Uh, what what's the national observation and the national scouter word you get when you talk ECU with people? Yeah, I think you hit on it there. I mean, first of all, the the pitching depth, the way that they use their staff, it is it is unorthodox, um, but clearly very effective. And but you know, it's uh, you don't see a lot of teams, you know, make really deep postseason runs with this kind of a structure with their staffs. I mean, usually you got to have a couple of horses you can ride. Um, and you know, we, we've seen flashes of that from CJ Mayhew. I mean, he's, he's, he's been extended, uh, effectively before. And, and I wonder as we get into the postseason if we'll see more of that, but, um, you know, but maybe they can't do it this way. I mean, it's a new era. I mean, teams are thinking outside mm-hmm. the box and, um, this is working right now. And so, uh, and I like the offense, you know, I mean, and and the way those pieces fit together, uh, the defense, certainly, I mean, I know they've had to move some things around and, and, you know, Zach Agnos winding up at shortstop and um, with Giles kind of sliding to the mound. I know it's been a, been a part of it. Um, But uh, you know, Grayson Worrell is an exciting, just dynamic player. And, and, and you, you've got some of these guys who've been around that have experience. I mean, Hoover, of course, the ultimate winner. And, um, you know, Ben Moylan, uh, Ben Newton, rather, has done a nice job behind the plate for him in, in a key spot. So I just, you know, I think they're I think they're a good club. I mean, you're right. Probably not a vintage club. And they, not as much star power as, as we've seen in recent years. But they're just, uh, they're hot, you know, and that matters. Hot, and I, and I think, too, you know, especially the Super Regional, they're going to be pesky, especially if they're at home. Uh, you, they're not going to be an easy out, uh, however you, you – but, I mean, I, I think their regional's full of uh, at least two other teams that aren't going to be easy outs either. So it, it'll it'll be earned, whoever comes out of this Greenville Regional. We've got Aaron Fit, D1Baseball.com, with us, uh, who uh, planned on being in Greenville this weekend. So uh, plenty of barbecue and uh, whatever else Aaron wants to uh, enjoy, I'm sure, out in the jungle uh, this uh, this weekend uh, if, he, if he chooses to. I want to talk a little bit about this nine uh, – spot across from him in the national bracket and the Austin regional Texas, like a lot like ECU kind of came on late Dallas Baptist's uh, story is kind of well chronicled here. Then you got La tech out of, out of conference USA. And we're a little familiar with air force around these parts. I've had a couple of kids from Eastern North Carolina uh, play in that program over the years. And of course they play each year in Kinston uh, in that uh, armed forces uh, event uh, early in the season, I think the second weekend uh, in uh, of the regular season, they're they're usually playing Navy or maybe Army uh, in in Granger Stadium in Kinston. So uh, that's you know a fairly familiar uh, foe there. Who do you see emerging from the Austin Regional? Who should Pirate fans and, and UVA or Coastal fans or whoever keep an eye on there in Texas? Well, you know, I think Texas is is the obvious pick, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't set up necessarily ideally for them because. First of all, Air Force has already beaten Texas uh, midweek without mm-hmm. their their guy Paul Skeens on the mound. But now they're gonna they're gonna throw Skeens, who's you know a, a premium talent, uh, an All America kind of guy, a, a high draft pick with really good stuff. Uh, he's gonna come at him in that first game, and so 
that's not what you want as a one seed is it, a four that has a real dude, you know, that you have to face in that first game because that makes it so you don't really necessarily get to save your, your own ace for the, the second game, which you'd love to do if you have one, um, which which a lot of teams don't this year. But but Texas, you know, they do with Pete Hansen. I, and I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to have to use him in that first game. Um, but anyway, I, I think Texas is the best team there and they're, they're playing the best. But um, Dallas Baptist, to me, I mean, they've had a weird year. They, they played well in non-conference. They played a lot of good teams, won some good series early on. Uh, and then they just were very mediocre in their league. And it's not like they're in an elite conference. I mean, the Missouri Valley was just okay this year. Mm-hmm. And they finished four and a half games back in third place and just kind of fizzled the conference tournament. So, I mean, I think they have more talent than they've shown, uh, but it doesn't really feel like they're playing well right now. And and so usually I would say, oh, watch out for DBU because they feel like it's it's a program that's in regionals every year. They, you know, they do a really good job recruiting. They, they always have talent. But right now I don't really feel like they're that much of a threat. Louisiana tech feels like more of a threat, a team that has a ton of veterans back from a team that hosted a regional last year. Um, and they came on really strong late and won the conference tournament. And um, that's a team with some momentum. I wouldn't be shocked to see them go in there and win that regional. Yeah. Uh, Aaron fit D one baseball.com. Just uh, going to hopscotch around here on some other regionals uh, that involve, you know, teams obviously we're familiar with. You have UNC, as a, a 10 seed, and they are hosting in Chapel Hill. They'll play Hostra, Georgia, and a, another hot team, VCU, in that regional. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one there. You know, I think it seems like a favorable draw for the Tar Heels. It seems like the Tar Heels get a lot of favorable draws for whatever reason, but <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that. It just, you know, historically, like, there have been a lot of years where they haven't even had an SEC two-seed or whatever. I mean, um, which, not that that's the be-all, end-all. We know East Carolina is a two-seed you don't necessarily want in your regional, but uh, but anyway, this year they do get an SEC two-seed, but it's a team that's fizzled, you know, I use that word again. Georgia really played poorly down the stretch, um, and uh, a team that I liked a lot in the preseason, and now I'm I don't know what to expect from them. You know, they went quickly 0-1 in the conference tournament. Georgia did. We'll see if they use that extra practice time to get back on track. Maybe. You know, they're, they're capable. They're, they're old in the lineup, and they've got an All-American first-rounder on, um, on Friday nights, which I'll be curious to see what they do, if they use him in that first game against VCU or if they gamble and try to hold him for the Tar Heels because the Tar Heels are just red hot offensively. It, it was really... Uh, they just, they played four games in the ACC tournament and they blew everybody out and they're playing good teams. You know, the number one team in the league, Virginia tech with their guy on the mound. And it was 10 to nothing, you know, it was, it was a no contest and, um, they roll through Notre Dame, who I think is, is good enough to get to Omaha and they, you know, NC state who got snubbed, uh, the other day. I mean, they, they, you know, jumped on those guys early. They're just, they're just really, really hot. So, I mean, it's hard to bet against them right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I could see if, if the right Georgia team shows up. I mean, they can make it interesting. Let's uh, let's go there with NC State, Aaron. What, uh, what you know? What what is the rationale from the uh, from the uh, selection committee why the Wolfpack did not get in? Well, I'll say this: I was prepared to go on the war path uh, when I saw that omission because I just you know it cut all the soft guard. Um, we, we had them projected as a two seed, you know, we had like 10 teams behind them on our list. I mean, it seemed like a no brainer. They weren't even on the bubble for us because they just kind of hit some, t- some typical benchmarks, you know, as an ACC team that finishes above 500 um, with your aggregate conference record. We use that term, uh, the combination of regular season and conference tournament, they were 17 and 16 and they had a low thirties RPI, like 33, 32. I mean, that's usually that that's it. You've hit your benchmarks. You know, you got your RPI benchmark, you got your conference benchmark. Um, 
And so usually it's a no-brainer, I mean, historically. Now, give the kid, committee some credit. They defended this, this snub okay. I mean, they pointed out that, you know, well, NC State only went uh, – they only won four out of their ten conference series. Right. And, and only one of those was against the regional team, Georgia Tech, and, and that's true. Um, their non-conference was just okay. Although they did beat East Carolina, Carolina twice, and East Carolina, you know, is a top eight seed, so I think that should should matter. But, um, you know, they had some other series that – that hurt them. I mean, you're playing a team like Radford uh, who had a terrible year, you know, I mean, there's another one like that where they're just a team that had a bad year to drag their, their non-conference strength the schedule down and, and the, and the committee dinged them for that. But um, I think all those things should matter if you're on the bubble, but I don't think you should be on the bubble. If you go, you know, 17 and 16 in the league, reach the conference championship game and have a a proper RPI. Like it's it, you should just be in. So I I just think they blew it on this one. Well, I don't think anybody's, crying a lot of tears in Greenville no. for, for the Wolfpack, but but still, I think your point's well taken. Uh, the other one that uh, seems to me to be uh, a team that was right there on the bubble and, and, and by some accounts in Old Dominion, and you talk about a team that can hit the baseball, uh, also a team that beat ECU twice this season. Yeah, and this is just a victim of a really tight bubble. I mean, this this bubble this year, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've bemoaned the bubble before, uh, but we had a lot of, of upsets more, more than usual in, mm-hmm. in those conference tournaments that just snatched up those auto bids. And, uh, you know, Old Dominion and UTSA both feel like easy calls for, for at-large bids. Wofford uh, with a mid-30s RPI, 35, you know, when they're, when they're run away with their league in the SOCON, they reach the conference title game, they don't get in. I mean, all, all three of those teams had really strong cases, and it's like in any other year, it's like, oh yeah, that's a regional team, period. You know, this year, there just, there just wasn't room i mean it was brutal i mean uh, really uh, there's a group of bubble teams those those three who all got snubbed but um you know in the kind of in the same group rutgers also a a tough omission team with that profile in the big 10 usually gets in um all those teams that just just you know you could you could put them in a hat with some of the teams that did get in you know like a dallas baptist i would have had dbu behind a lot of those teams Mm -hmm. personally but um and and you but you can argue either way on all, all those teams. NC State's the one that just like, it felt yeah. like they were in a class above. But all those other ones, like it, it sucks for them. I hate it because they were all good and they're all deserving, but there just wasn't space. Don't know if it's fair to put you on the spot here, but let's, you know, I don't know if you feel like who you feel like uh, is an obvious winner in any regional or maybe who should be on upset alert, but I, I don't know if you want to run down them. However you want to do it, I just like to maybe kind of get who you, who's worth keeping an eye on in this thing uh, yeah. out of this weekend. So however you want to handle that, I'll let you do so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't made it, made my picks yet. I got to fill out a bracket. Um, I'll get to it at some point this week, but um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of good teams in college baseball, obviously Um, everyone knows about Tennessee. I mean, I am intrigued to see if there's any chance Georgia tech can go in there and give them some trouble or Campbell. Yeah. Campbell's Um, good. You know, you know, I've been banging the drum for Campbell all year. I just, I just think when you've got a first rounder on the mound and a first rounder at shortstop, it's a pretty good place to start. But also, I mean, pretty good balanced club, Um, dangerous three seed for the number one overall seed. And then Georgia Tech, just a team that can mash, you know, and that's an offensive ballpark. It feels like a good fit. So I don't know. I mean, maybe something weird happens there as great as Tennessee's been all year. It's not, you're not invincible. Um, so that's one thing that I'll definitely be watching and um, just looking around the country. I mean, I don't know that I think Louisville looks like an offensive regional with, with, with Oregon and 
Um, SEMO coming as a four. M- Michigan wins the Big 12 tournament, playing pretty well right now. That's, that's a good one. Gainesville is fascinating. Um, Florida uh, has got Central Michigan, who I think is a, a dangerous four seed with a real ace in Andrew Taylor. You never want to see that. Um, and then Liberty, who already won a series in mm-hmm. Gainesville, start mm-hmm. the year. They're, they're headed down there as a three. And you got Oklahoma, who should have hosted a regional, really got snubbed. It's a bad snub, in my opinion. Um, they're red hot too. You know, they're in, in that category with the North Carolina or ECUs, some of the hottest teams in the country down the stretch. Um, so that is a tough regional down there in Gainesville. Hey, great to talk to you, Aaron. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to catching up with you uh, possibly this weekend or down the road at some point. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you and uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Uh, Aaron Fit with uh, D1Baseball.com. They were bullish on the Pirates, like we said uh, the whole time. We'll look forward to getting Aaron's uh, picks. Uh, Kendall uh, Rogers with them also uh, wanted to come on, or we'd invited them both, and he, uh, Aaron got back to us first. We wanted to get him on, but it just didn't work out and didn't make any sense to do uh, the D1 Baseball guys back-to-back. So we'll get up with Kendall maybe uh, later in the week or if uh, – we have the chance to catch up with him should the Pirates advance through to the Super Regional next week. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, – oh, uh, some breaking news. Within the last uh, hour, it was announced that uh, Clemson, after missing out on the uh, NCAA tournament for two straight seasons, had fired their coach, Monty Lee. So uh, Clemson in the market for a coach. They take baseball pretty seriously in the upstate. Uh, All right, thanks to uh, Aaron Fitt. Great job by Philip the Ref Pilkington and intern Abby, and we'll see you tomorrow at 5 for the midweek edition already of the Patrick Johnson Show. For projects big or small, play it safe when you plan on digging and call or click 811 three working days before you dig. 811 is the first step to getting your buried underground utilities like gas, electric, or internet lines located. Having these lines marked before digging helps keep you, 